Welcome to Talking Shop, Herbert Smith Freehill's podcast series exploring issues relevant to consumer sector companies. I'm Patrick Gay, a partner in the competition regulation and trade team here in Sydney. My practice involves providing competition and consumer law advice to consumer sector clients. I'm here with my colleague and fellow partner in the CRT group from the Melbourne office, Sarah Bembo. Like me, Sarah also has a keen interest in consumer sector clients. Thank you for the introduction, Patrick. It's great to be on here today. Thanks, Sarah. Clearly, ESG matters extend well beyond the remit of the Australian Competition and Consumer Act and the ACCC. We're seeing broad commercial, regulatory and legislative changes addressing ESG matters here in Australia. For example, we're seeing the rise of ESG funds, legislative initiatives in regards to investment products and sustainability claims, and importantly, guidance from the corporate regulator ASIC, as well as enforcement proceedings being brought by ASIC earlier in this year in regards to ESG claims, especially in the context of financial products. However, the nuts and bolts of our practice is dealing with the ACCC and the overlap between ESG claims and the Competition and Consumer Act. Sarah, perhaps you can outline for us the nature of any ACCC's concerns in respect of ESG claims and what's it been doing in the space recently. Thanks, Patrick. So the ACCC's concern really is the enforcement of the misleading and deceptive conduct provisions in the Australian consumer law. And the ACCC's concern is that greenwashing contravenes those provisions by misleading consumers about the benefits, the environmental benefits or um, the sustainability of products, services or companies. And they refer to this as greenwashing. So the ACL, the Australian Consumer Law, is something that is enforced by the ACCC, but it's also something that third parties can also take actions under. And we're increasingly seeing that with activist groups. The ACCC is particularly focused in this area. It's a present enforcement priority and we are seeing them be increasingly active both in their community education, their enforcement stance, and we're expecting increased enforcement activity to come. The ACCC has expressed concerns about the overreach of companies in this area, and it's closely monitoring overseas developments as well, and also collaborating closely with ASIC. So the, the consequence of getting this wrong is, as we said, enforcement proceedings under the Australian Consumer Law, and the penalties are very significant in this area. Penalties have only fairly recently increased, and greenwashing claims that are found to be false or misleading can face penalties of up to $50 million per contravention, or even up to 30% of the group turnover of the company involved for either the period in which they were contravening the act, so making the representation, or 12 months, whichever is greater. We've seen the ACCC making a real push to obtain increased penalties in this area. For example, most recently, the chair of the ACCC has referred to significant penalties of $250 million that they'll be seeking in relation to enforcement action by Quant against Qantas. The ACCC really started to build its activities in this area last year. It announced, conducted and announced a greenwashing internet sweep where over the course of 10 days, it actively investigated claims made on the websites of 247 businesses. And out of the businesses swept, the ACCC found that 
57% of those businesses had made concerning greenwashing claims. The most concerning sectors, according to the ACCC, were cosmetics and personal care, textiles and garments, and food and beverage. The issues identified by the ACCC at that time included the use of vague and unqualified claims, words such as green or sustainable that were unqualified, a lack of substantiation information, or the use of absolute claims such as 100% plastic free. In addition, they said that they saw the exaggeration of benefits or the omission of important relevant information, the inappropriate use of third party certifications and the use of images which appeared to be trust marks relating to green claims. So coming out of this, the ACCC has um, done a couple of things. They have said that they have in commenced various investigations and that we can expect to see increased enforcement activity in the future. And they've also in the second part of this year released guidance for businesses on greenwashing claims and the ACCC's position in relation to what is likely to be misleading and what the ACCC considers to be good practice in relation to environmental and sustainability claims. Pat, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what the guidance says? Uh, sure. And I guess it would be helpful to just put this in a little bit of context. I mean, obviously, the ACCC accepts the fact that companies uh, reducing emissions, uh, making their packaging more recyclable and so forth is both a, uh, a benefit for consumers, but is also a, a sign of competition between uh, companies. Uh, it's clearly something which consumers perhaps will pay more for or are looking for those additional benefits. So it's an element of competition. So the ACCC is all for people making environmental claims, ESG claims. They kind of view that as a form or emerging form of competition. However, those claims mustn't be accurate. The competition must be fair. And consumers, as you say, Sarah, uh, must not be misled or deceived by the nature of the claim where it's exaggerating or isn't backed up by science and so forth. So helpfully, the ACCC has issued some draft guidelines on the 4th of July uh, this year. And I think at any moment now, we're waiting for the final guidelines to be issued. So generally speaking, the ACCC has framed its guidance around eight principles which it considers will reduce the likelihood of environmental claims misleading consumers and thereby contravening the ACL. It provides um, expectations for good practice. It provides illustrative examples of conduct that is likely to be false or misleading. Uh, relevantly to the listeners of this podcast, it focuses on consumer goods, including food and beverages, cosmetics, clothes and shoes, and household items. Not surprisingly, these were the uh, companies which were caught up in the ACCC sweep. It also does have some focus on emission-intensive uh, uh, industries and where there might be claims to overall reductions in, in carbon production, etc. So what are some examples? Well, I would say that Sometimes the ACCC in all of these examples picks things that might be said to be uh, obvious or easy examples and, and where you're often advising clients are not when it's easy, but when it's difficult. But we'll put that criticism to one side and perhaps when the final guidelines come up, we might find more tricky gray areas uh, that the ACCC addresses. But just to give you one example, the ACCC points out a potential for a misleading uh, advertising claim where an airline 
uh, claims it's reducing emissions in circumstances where only a small percentage of its routes are based on biosustainable aviation fuel and its focus and its own for forecast suggests that emissions will increase over a uh, over the next five year period due to just general aviation growth. So that's an example where they say, well, you can't be making that kind of claim. It's not back based on what you're actually doing in practice, and it's not based on your actual projections. And, and it's noted that there have been similar uh, issues or actions taken by the Advertising, Advertising Standards Authority in the UK, um, prohibiting fossil fuel companies from advertising environmental benefits uh, where a small part of their business is focused on uh, renewable energy, which may likely mislead consumers in respect of the overall impact of that company's business. So there's one example. Uh, another example which may be relevant is thinking about claims which are generated in one jurisdiction, uh, which may be true in that jurisdiction, but may not apply when the goods are imported into Australia. So one example which the ACCC gives is a claim that products manufactured in Sweden and supplied in Australia are, are have packaging that is 100% recyclable in circumstances where perhaps that recycling capability is available in Sweden where the product is manufactured, but not in Australia where the product is also being sold and where that representation is being made by virtue of the relevant packaging. So there are some nice examples in the um, in the guidelines, and we'll see whether or not those uh, examples improve in the final version. But essentially, what the ACCC comes down to, and none of these things, to be frank, are are rocket science, is that you know what does the ACCC say you should do uh, to avoid contravening the ACL? Well, one, it says you should be making accurate and truthful claims, and so where the uh, for example, where the scientific basis for a claim is under dispute or not conclusive, uh, the claim should not be presented as universally accepted. And so that may be a, you need to sort of test the science. The ACCC is, you know, testing the science. Is it something which is sustainable? Is it widely accepted? Or are you making a claim based on a fringe or limited uh, study which may not be part of the scientific mainstream? Uh, don't leave or out or hide information. And so don't place information uh, where customers are unlikely to see it. This is, uh, this is uh, consistent with general, the general law about misleading and deceptive conduct. If you're making a bold claim, that bold claim should be sustainable on its face and you shouldn't be hiding qualifications and disclaimers and so forth somewhere on the back of the packaging or in the small print, et cetera. Avoid broad and unqualified claims. So things that the ACCC thinks about here are things we might just say green, go green or choose green, uh, sort of terms which may be generally excitable to the consumer, but are a bit vague, unsubstantiated, and, and may uh, suggest that the product is greener than it actually is. So be specific uh, when you uh, can, and uh, you should think about the overall impression of the relevant uh, um, advertisement or claim. The ACCC has also told us that we need to ensure that visual elements do not give the wrong impression. So here you need to consider not simply the words, but the overall impression, including any use of marks or and vision and so forth in any claim. And so the ACCC gives an example of a toothbrush manufacturer using a green tick enclosed in a circle alongside the words 
biodegradable approved on its product packaging. But in fact, the product is not tested uh, and there may be elements of the plastic used by the business which are not in fact biodegradable. So all of those things I think are, are sensible, but it comes down to really looking at the overall claim. Is it sustainable? Is it succinct? Is it uh, or is it overly broad and unqualified and overly broad, unqualified or unsustainable claims are going to get you into strife with the ACCC and ultimately the law? So those are the draft guidelines, but we are now moving in a, uh, a space, moving from education and guidelines to actual enforcement. And I think we've seen our first examples of ACCC enforcement in this space. Sarah, maybe you can catch us up to date on those. That's right, Patrick. And it's worth noting that the ACCC guidance does outline the enforcement considerations that the ACCC will take into account when deciding whether to take enforcement. And they include whether the company making the representations had taken, made genuine efforts and taken appropriate steps to verify the accuracy of any information they were relying on um, to make the representation, taking into account the size of the business and the resources that business has at its disposal to actually verify the claims it's making. Also, whether the business has an intention or plan to actually implement initiatives to give effect to the claims that they're making, particularly where they're making claims about future targets or aspirations. And thirdly, whether the business knew or was reckless about whether the claim they were making was actually um, true and correct. So they're the principles that the ACCC has said they will be thinking about when deciding what enforcement action to take. Um, they've put industries on notice that particularly risky areas include aspirational claims, goals and targets, and that emissions related claims are likely to attract particular risk, um, particularly when they're made by high emissions industries, companies operating in those emissions, emission, um, high emitting industries. So our clients are very much focused on making sure that they're looking at their products, their packaging, the statements they're making um, in their reports and their sustainability um, policies to make sure that they are not making claims that could not be verified and supported if they were looked at by the ACCC. As Pat mentioned, there has been recent ACCC enforcement action, which indicates the way in which um, companies could get these things wrong and the way the ACCC is thinking about um, providing accurate and non-misleading messaging in this space. So the ACCC recently announced that they'd settled a greenwashing investigation through an unforceable undertaking that was given to them by a yogurt company. The yogurt company had represented on its packaging that the packaging was made from 100% ocean plastic. That was accompanied by a picture of a turtle and some blue background that looked like the ocean. And the headline message said 100% ocean plastic recycled tubs on the side of the packaging. On the top and the back of the packaging, it did clarify that the tubs were made from ocean bound plastic. Now, in fact, the plastic had come not from the ocean itself, but from within 50 kilometers of coastlines where waste management was inexistent or inefficient. So the argument was that that plastic was eventually bound for the ocean. The ACCC said the impression given to consumers was that the packaging was made from plastic that had been taken out of the ocean. And the fact that the packaging on the top and on the back clarified that it was ocean bound plastic was insufficient 
to overcome what was a misleading headline message. The company resolved the matter by undertaking to carry out compliance programs and training, and they also changed their packaging to make it clear in the headline message that it wasn't ocean plastic, it was ocean bound plastic. So that gives a nuance of uh, an idea of how headline messages can be misleading and the nuance that the ACCC is looking for around the accuracy of messaging. Right, so I think we'll watch this space. It's, it's interesting that the first example is an undertaking example, and it may be the size of the company and the ACCC looking at those factors. Um, I suspect it won't take long before we have a matter where the ACCC will be looking for court proceedings uh, and penalties, but at least the first cab off the rank seems to be in that uh, undertaking space. But there are certainly going to be more to come. So, Patrick, as we've talked about, the risks are certainly real in this area, and we know the ACCC is actively looking to bring enforcement action. What do you recommend for companies that are thinking about their risks in this space? Well, I think it, I mean, really, the first thing they should do is look at the ACCC um, guidelines and so forth. And I think it really comes down to something which is not that different from when you're making other kinds of advertising claims. So companies are used to be needing to sustain, uh, to substantiate the claims that they're making, uh, and they need to do the same here. So the first thing I would do is, if you're making a specific claim, and a, a percentage reduction, etc., you need to make sure that that is correct. You need to make sure that it can be verified, that you keep an accurate record, uh, that where a third party is involved, uh, that those records are kept. And if the ACCC comes knocking, you can point to the evidence and substantiate that claim. You then need to think, is your claim science-based? And if the claim is science-based, we're seeing people making sure that uh, they're testing the accuracy, whether or not uh, who has done the science, is it done in-house, or better yet, is it done by a third party and verified, and is it within the sort of norms and then I think the other thing, which is relevant to the matter that you brought up on the yogurt packaging, you need to look at the overall impression. And so you need to kind of stand back when you look at the at the advertising, the packaging that you're considering and saying, what is the overall impression that a consumer is going to get here? And, and what is the standout items? Are you trying to qualify something in the uh, in the disclaimers or somewhere else on the packaging? So those are the things which we're seeing clients do. And to be, and while this is a new area and you need to be concerned about, you know, what is the science, what is the nature of the claim and something which the ACCC is looking at, the law itself is not that different or is not different at all from when you're making other types of claims about the efficacy of your product or the overall impression of their product. And Patrick, I think it's fair to say our clients are thinking not just about packaging, and the products themselves, but are looking at corporate reporting, social media uh, ad statements and comments, um, advertisements on billboards, uh, campaigns on TV and radio. And we know the ACCC is focusing really broadly on these areas, uh, as are the corporate activists. Uh, that That is certainly the case. So there shouldn't be an impression that this is a, uh, a sort of old form packaging, television advertising type of concern. It's a broad concern that touches all of the elements of the representations that a company would make, as you say, on social media, but also importantly, in respect of claims that you're making around your environmental targets, your aspirations and so forth in, in corporate reporting. 
Well, thank you, Patrick. We might wrap it up for today. It's fair to say that this is an area that is getting a lot of attention among our clients. People can obviously contact us if they want any advice or assistance in assessing the representations that they're making. But thank you very much for joining us today. Before we sign off, Patrick, do you have a fun fact for us? I do have a, a fun fact and everyone will relate to this. They've seen this type of claim, but the term itself was coined by an American environmentalist called Jay Westerveld, who wrote an essay in 1986. When he was visiting a res resort in Fiji, he noticed a sign promoting the, the reuse of towels to reduce ecological, dam uh, ecological damage in Fiji. So we've all seen that. And so the term, in fact, relates to washing and it relates to the claims that hotels have made that we've seen that say to reduce water or to reduce environmental impact, uh, please allow us not to wash your towels every single day. So that's the origin of the term. Thanks, Patrick.